The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes, I'm your host Summer Helene, we are on with my co-host The Baddest Marriage, and I gotta tell you, they were telling me last week you were dropping out and I couldn't figure out why, and I just did, because he'll like talk to you guys and then he'll talk to me and turn his head to talk to me so he's not into the mic, Fiora. Well don't worry, because they'll be able to hear me perfectly fine this time, uh, and if you can't, just listen for the guy hacking up a lung, because that will be me. Why are you hacking up along? I think I've just been so sick so consistently that my body's finally tired of it. <laughs> and its solution is to start killing off bodily organs. You are one of the healthiest people I know. You're absolutely fit. You work out all the time. No, I Are look- you licking public toilet seats? <laughs> I just look great. Everything else is destroyed. <laughs> See, that wasn't a joke. That's the only thing I've seen bad is your knuckles. You have really bad knuckles. They're deformed. They're fucking, they're sideways and they're extended. It's you can't, weird. Like you can't even touch fingers. I look like together. that dude from, from Tarzan, you know, he's gets on all the knuckles and they just separate. That mine's not that dramatic. Of course, that'd be kind of Yes, cool. it is that dramatic. It'd be that, it'd okay, be cool. You, can you touch your pinky to your pointer? No, but that's gotta be something that most people can't no, do. No, most it's people not. can most people can touch their pinky. Guys, if you can touch your pinky finger to your pointed finger, please uh, tweet us a photo of you doing it so I can prove to it. her so I can prove to her that you can't, that it's not normal. What is it? The uh, the uh, the the new Onision, Ezra Miller, you know, rapist and asshole. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's building his own cult. Uh, he's got photo after photo of him doing it. Listen, there are two I things. I used to like him so much. <laughs> it's because he was, he was kind of weird, but he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't raping 12 year olds and and he wasn't trying to get people to come live with him out in the middle of bfe at least not that we knew of at the time i'm sure he was planning it for some period yeah ezra miller it's funny it's um i he he played a lot of psychopaths Mm -hmm. and i guess this is just life imitating art he (laughs) he he really lived up to the roles maybe he just got caught in the method and couldn't get out of it he said he's a normal guy somewhere in there oh he's not a method actor this is just who he is yeah, he's just a douche. Oh, uh, this is more than just a douche. This is some serious mental problems that have uh, transformed into a real life issue with a lot of people who've met him, interact with him. I mean, hell, he's assaulted people. Like I said, he has sexually assaulted people. He has created issues on set. He has created issues online. He he just makes problems wherever he goes. And I think it's because there's some mental issue there. Or trauma, at least. Mm-hmm. I I think um, he's a selfish asshole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's I mean, that's definitely got to be a part of it. Children, or I, I technically it's not children. He's a hebophile. He likes young teenagers. He's a hebophile. Yeah, I'm now explaining the difference between a pedophile and a hebophile. You know the, you know the problem with that? Mm-hmm. You just end up sounding like a pedophile. Yeah, that's Try true. to explain the difference, the difference between a hebophile <laughs> and a pedophile. I, I love that. You, you come on, you hear people talking about pedophiles. Uh, Excuse, excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Um, it's actually hebophile at that point because it sounds like you're justifying it. It sounds yeah. like I would expect Ezra to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he okay, pedophile, hebophile. I don't care what you call him. Just you know, don't call him. He's nuts. 
<laughs> don't call him. Yeah, I don't want him anywhere near us. Actually, that's not true. Ezra Miller, if you're out there, I would love to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm trying to get the guy that broke into Gabby Hanna's house on the show. Wait, what? Oh my god! So this guy uh, sees Gabby Hanna's tweets. She's not doing so good. I'm not. A, I'm not a Gabby Hanna fan, but you know. I thought she dropped off the face of the she, earth. I she thought she was done. Minute. She's having some bipolar issues. She started tweeting. Okay. Uh, she's on Twitter. She's sending out tweets that made him concerned. This fan. So he pretends that he needs to use the bathroom. Knocks on her door. Gets her to let him in. And uh, spends hours with her, secretly recording her and trying to dump medication in her tea because he thinks she must be off her meds. It. Uh, and there is now this precedent of people showing up at influencers' houses. But I'd like to point out it is only female influencers. You don't see people showing up at, like, Sam Alvey's house. Yeah, right. Because they that walk would... over. And... Oh, my God. Sam's probably more likely to shoot than them punch them in the face, honestly. Like, what it comes down to is if you walk over to Sam's house and go near one of his kids or his wife was on, you know, America's Next Top Model, she won it. You see people busting up yeah. into the rocks at the state. You see people coming into Sam's house. You know, we'll be selling merch with his mugshot on it. <laughs> You'll become a face on a T-shirt, my guy. That's that's it. It's Cain um, Velasquez. I'm just so yeah, no kidding. I'm just so surprised but that the dude. Like Gabby Hanna, it's easy, I guess. Well, here's in my mind. I I, I I'm conflicted because clearly that was inappropriate. He should never have come anywhere near her house, no matter what he felt was the case. Um, but I'm also a tad bit grateful that considering he did it. It was for the reasons he intended. It wasn't. He recorded her, recorded her nonstop, recorded her without consent. Like, there's a lot to it. I was talking like he didn't try to beat the living tar of her or essay her. That valid point. Like, I'm not trying to give him any credit. I'm not. But if he was already going to do what he did, at least that wasn't on the mind. Well, I'd like to have him on the show and talk about it. That would be what I'm interested He's in. He's going to have his own uh, issues at that point, too, to think, hey, I'll just stroll up into this person's house and try and dump medications into their Oh, into their yeah. Drapes. His argument like, was, I've done it before. You've done it before? Yeah. You doctor? I'd, oh, on, I'd like to, and then he docked So I'd like to have him on, and I'd like to find out why. But speaking of having people on, we have him back. You guys asked for him again because you were really angry at us for not asking questions last time. I was angry I didn't get to finish asking questions. I know you were. It was, I just had a really good time talking to him. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Jimmy Starr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Oh, happy Friday. Oh, shit. I yeah, it's, this is a pre-record. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know this. We're time travelers from Monday. They don't know we recorded this Monday, but they, okay. I think they might now. Yeah, it'll be Friday by the time everyone hears this. Great rebound. I apologize. What's up, oh, everybody? I hope everybody's having a great day. So welcome back to the show. We were just talking about uh, about fans with a parasocial relationship with social media influencers showing up at people's houses. There's a new trend of that. Is that something you've had to deal with at all yet? I have not had to, to deal with that. I, I've had to deal with it before social media. You know, I had two stalkers back in the day when I lived in Florida um, that I had to get restraining orders against, but I haven't had it since then. But I live in a gated community. That's good judgment. <laughs> so they don't, I don't have to worry about it as much. And I didn't know. I knew Ezra Miller had like a bunch of like problems, but I didn't know all that stuff. So I learned all kinds of stuff behind <laughs> the scenes already today since I've been sitting here listening. I, absolutely. It, just a terrible, terrible human being. If you were going to start a parasocial relationship with anybody as an audience member or a fan, that was the wrong dude to do it with. Yeah, he's, he's but he was taking girls uh, from like the Native American community. So by reaching into an underserviced community in a community that people don't usually worry about, I mean, there are more kidnapping rapes 
in the uh, native community than in most communities and people ignore them. So he's just like, I'm going to swipe this child from that community. What? Why is everyone upset? I think it's terrible. It's fucking absolutely terrible. You know, and I, he's always had a lot of problems because if you Google him, like it talks about all the different kinds of problems, but mm-hmm. yeah, they weren't as severe. You know, he had breaking and entering and screaming at people and having meltdowns and stuff, but like not like not like <laughs> kidnapping people and all that other kind of like crazy stuff. Yeah, he's working. Uh, he's, he's, so Onision, the original like internet widow, uh, did the same thing. And it seems there is a certain subsect of people that when they get any fame or any money, first they hire a guru. Then they become a guru. Then they start a cult. So uh, Ezra Miller is just the new uh, Onision. Yeah, it's scary though. It's scary how just crazy people are, and you don't really know. And I mean, come on, he's he's the Flash. Yep. Well, the worst of it is, so they dump Johnny Depp over the Amber Heard accusations, which you know he eventually loses to. But they keep Ezra Miller because they don't want to make that mistake twice. Yeah, I don't know. But... <laughs> But I think there's going to be a lot of I think there'll be a lot of pushback eventually on all of that. I yeah. Well, there's there's pushback for dumping um for 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 them dumping Johnny Depp from Fantastic Beasts. Excellent. By the way, the last Fantastic Beasts was excellent. Um, the rest of them were there, <laughs> but but as far as Ezra Miller goes, they kept him in Fantastic Beasts, but dumped Johnny Depp. So he molested. You know, he 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 abducted. Uh, interacted with and groomed a child, but Johnny Depp may or may not have gotten into a fight with his ex-wife who shit on his bed, and somehow we keep Ezra Miller and lose Johnny. We we really lost in this deal, just as the audience. Oh, I think so too. I think it's terrible, and I think you never can just determine, you know, unfortunately in the, the day and age that we're in right now, you know, a lot of things that normally would not be considered like okay seem to be like okay for a lot of people, which to me is crazy. Hey, you mentioned pushback just a couple of moments ago. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I, I think that um, I think the world eventually is going to have to like wake up to some of these things that they think are okay or not okay, and I think that um, you know he's he's. He's significant. He's getting worse and worse. So Ezra Miller gets worse, like all the time. Eventually, people are going to wake up and say, "Hey, this is like not a good guy, and we shouldn't be supporting him or anything that he's in," you know, because he's he's basically like a terror. You know, mm-hmm. he shouldn't he shouldn't he shouldn't be allowed to do anything. He shouldn't even be a, he should be in jail. Yeah, he should. <laughs> what's what's so sad about it is uh, because he's such a sweet, innocent-looking guy. You found in the beginning, a lot of these judges were like, hey, you're young, you know, you're just finding fame. We figure you're just finding your footing. We're going to cut you a break. And points to the judge. I hope they do that with all young people. Um, but Ezra Miller, it's a shame it happened with him. I, I wish he'd have gotten a hanging judge. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's 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 just not a good guy. I think it's uh, have you seen the film the a, a Promising Young Woman? No, I have not. Excellent, excellent film. Carrie Mulligan. Um, one of the things they talk about is everyone worries about the the um, the future of a promising young man. You know, uh, we want to be careful with these rape allegations until we know because you know we don't want to ruin his future. Well, the woman's future is already ruined. So it's 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 one of the best films I think that has come out in the last ten or so years. Um, and it talks about you cannot exclude his future or hers or hers that way. And then I think Ezra Miller is one of the best examples of that. 
because they haven't once looked at his victims. They just don't want to ruin his chance. Yeah, which which it's it's a double-edged sword, but you have to look at the victim. Oh, in my opinion, since everything nowadays you have to say in my opinion, in my opinion, you have to look at the victims. Well, I agree with you, but I'm not going to say in my opinion because you want to sue me, fuck it. I'm trying to get the Church of Scientology to sue me all the time. And they just won't. It doesn't matter how often I say terrible things about them. Scientology refuses to sue me. <laughs> I tag them. I tweet at them. You know, I constantly uh, make up stories about them, which are not half as crazy as the stories that actually exist. That's true. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy that you have to say, or they, we even feel uh, that we have to say, in my opinion, because some things shouldn't be left to opinion. There's a lot of things that, it, it, even if it's circumstantial, you can flat out acknowledge. And most people, I think, would agree, like in this case, talking about Ezra. Well, the whole show comes with a disclaimer in my, you know, it's, that it's our opinion. So I think we're safe. But in general, <laughs> yeah, I think people. I'm trying to think a nice way of saying I think they can be really, really, um, I think part of what is allowing people to get away with bad behavior now is people are just as afraid to talk about the bad behavior as they are anything else. Well, and people don't want to get canceled for putting up a belief that is not popular at the moment. You know, speaking of uh, not necessarily unpopular opinions, but a cancel, you have a fantastic show. And I can imagine you say things all the time that at least some sect of people uh, take offense to on a regular basis. I think that happens with anyone who's in the world, period. So do you ever worry about being canceled yourself? No, I don't worry. You know, and I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Nobody pays my bills. Uh, and I don't I don't worry about getting canceled at all. I mean, I'm very, uh, you know, I, I, I specifically stick away from, from topics if I know they're going to be a problem. But once in a while, stuff comes out. Uh, you know, and there's no way around it. Um, but I think that you, you know, we we are who we are. And uh, we, you know, I've been on the air for 15 years, way before like all of this cancel culture and, and all these crazy beliefs and systems that are going, going in, around in the world right now. And I'm not going to change who I am and who I've been for 57 years because a bunch of new people came in and, and have what I consider warped ideas, you know, of, of society and what's okay and what's not okay. So so I'm just me and I'm who I am and I've got a million and a half followers and those people seem to like us and, and everybody else can fucking blow it out their ear. I don't really give a shit. I think, I think the swing back, the reason we've gone so far in the opposite direction is for an extended period, we did nothing. And the response to doing nothing. And, you know, I was assaulted um, years ago by an A-list actor. I immediately had to sign a contract saying I wouldn't say anything. I still haven't. I know a lot of girls in that position. So things like Me Too and Time's Up, I think that was wonderful. Um, if you look what happened to to Brandon Fraser, if you look what happened to a Terry lot of Cruz. Terry Crews, ha it happens to both men and women in Hollywood. I think when things start to swing further, it's like this pendulum. We go from one extreme to the other, never landing at a point of normal. We go from say absolutely nothing or you'll never work again to you sneezed in my direction, that's harassment. And then it's going right. to swing back again. And I think the the push into the far in in into the the realm of the absurd almost like you can't make a joke. You know, I feel I feel terrible for comedians. Um, it can't be a com comedian nowadays. It must be very difficult to be a comedian. That's it. Oh, yeah. And comedy should be offensive. <clears throat> it should make you think. 
that's that's something I found shocking. You know, thinking back on 2011, 2010, even earlier, you have very edgy types of comedy. You have people making fun of literally everything. You have rape jokes, gay jokes, trans jokes, whatever. And while some people would not approve, you would just those people would just ignore you. You would you would find your own niche, your audience who enjoys hearing you. Nowadays, those people who would have typically not approved or turned away, just not listen to you, are now actively seeking you out. Trying to can't exactly trying to get you shut down. I think so. Social uh, stigma in society has always been a, a a tool that we've used. When towns didn't want people, they would shun the person. I mean, they, there's always been that tool in you know the human being's toolbox. Right. I just think that pendulum swung too far, and it's going to swing back. And I don't want to see the backswing when no one is believed or this is allowed to go on again. And it's just this back and forth. We've got to find a normal middle ground. You've been in entertainment forever. I'm going to ask your opinion about this when we come back on, since I decided to go on a tangent. My apologies, guys. I want to hear Jimmy's opinion, not mine. We will be back right after the break. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and our very, very special guest, Jimmy Starr. We'll be right back. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and our very, very special guest, Jimmy Starr. Right before the break, we were talking about all things Hollywood, because that's kind of where we slip into. What do you think? Jimmy, with, I mean, comedians have had to change it. Everyone's kind of had this this moment of um, there's nothing, you know, the pendulum's moved into the do nothing, say nothing category before it swings back the other way. I think people are afraid to do anything and say anything. And and I want to go back real quick because before the break, you were like talking about how, you know, since the Me Too movement, everything went kind of like crazy or whatever. But like the Me Too movement is an actual real yeah. thing. It's a real thing. You know, women yeah. women and men shouldn't be sexually like assaulted no matter if they're it doesn't matter what their occupation is. Um and it shouldn't be sleeping to get roles and, and all those kinds of things. So I don't actually think that that's the same thing as the crazy stuff that we have going on now. I, 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 I that's a real agree. thing and all the stuff going on now is like not a real thing. You know, it's kind of like really crazy things and I think that, you know, it's it's unfortunate and that that I think everybody is so much more exposed nowadays with social media. You know, you can follow, you know, I mean, some people, you know, when they're going to the bathroom, like, you know, there's their fans are so like in touch with everything that they do. And, and Nick even at my even at like 
you know, my level, which is nothing like all these really famous people. Like I get some of the weirdest like messages and stuff in social media that since they can, anybody can contact you if you keep your stuff open, you know, and I'm always like appalled at some of the stuff, you know, and people know my every move and I'm just like, 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 don't you have anything better to do? <laughs> than to worry about what I'm doing and where I'm going. I don't get, you know, for me, it's just a little bit crazy. I think that plays back into the parasocial relationship aspect where people feel because they've seen you online, see you live, they listen to your voice, and maybe they've even had a one-off that you responded to them in a comment somewhere. They feel that you know them and you're with them and you'll you'll want to talk to them, that you want to be their friend, and that they're actually your uh, person, you're in your main part of your life. Well, you've made and so they feel entitled. Sorry, you've made friends with your fans. I have. No, I'm not saying you can't. I have made friends with these people, and I talk to them on a regular basis. But there are the few who either haven't cultivated a relationship or have made it up in their head. Maybe they stayed on the outskirts listening to your stuff, just kind of watching you, and slowly but surely they make it up in their brain that oh, this person's like in love with me. They want me to reach out to them. They want me to that, come visit them at home, like all this other weird things. They, I need to know where this person's going every day of their life. And that's kind of like what you're describing here, Jimmy. Yeah, it's exactly like that. And I actually, believe it or not, many people who right. I've met through my show, I'm very good friends with that. I, I have a ton of people, some people I've been friends with in social media for 15 years, you know, and, and we talk on the phone all the time. I mean, I've never even met them. You know, they've been on my show possibly, or, but we communicate all the time in text messages and stuff that we met in social media and they're you know people that i love i think they're the most you know greatest people ever and i've also had people who think that they know me and i've had people send me their phone number and then they say you know they start sending me weird messages like how come you didn't call me and you know and then they'll send me a message and i don't get back to them because i don't i'm not on the, the platform like all the time and and you don't respond and it's been you know 15 hours or something and they're having like a heart attack. You didn't respond to me. What's the matter with you? And don't you love me anymore? And like just crazy things. And I just, yeah. I, you know, I, just, I, I don't really comprehend it. Cause I, I mean, I, I like everybody. It doesn't matter if you're rich or famous or if you're a regular person or a plumber, if you're cool, you're cool. I think the, the, we were talking about the me too movement. I think there is. So I agree. I think that was very, very necessary. Um, I don't know one woman that works in entertainment that has not been assaulted. Never met one. And most men I know have been as well. Unf I, unfortunately, now that um, stardom or, or stars, especially social media stars, are more accessible to the public, I think that it's created an environment where the studios are kind of, you know, put put pressure on these actors and actresses to perform on camera and in bed. And now you have the public thinking they know them applying their own pressure and showing up. And I think it's creating a really dangerous environment. It reminds me of television in the eighties. Uh, there were a lot of actresses that just, you know, ended up being shot by fans. Yes. A lot. And it reminds me of that same kind of pressure cooker where entertainers are getting it from both ends. Selena, Selena was one of yep. those. She was. Selena, absolutely incredible talent, shot by the head of a fan club. Yeah. After the fan club robbed her. Crazy. But I think this is creating the same kind of thing. You know, I hear people talking about you online, you have good traction. And the way everyone talks about you is, is of course, as if they know you. I see it with Bear as well. Yeah, I get people who can, listen, not, not that, that was nuts. I never heard of that before, being shot 
for just being existing in front of someone's screen. It's but happened a lot. I've had people like cuss me out on the internet because I didn't pretend to hug them be, uh, over the camera when they're watching a live stream, you know? So there's definitely, there's definitely a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call them insane because they're just people, but maybe some reason they convince themselves somehow that this person is uh, a super crucial part of my life and that they love me and that I am entitled to their care and concern. But it's also what creators push. They push that relationship intentionally to get people to interact and to purchase. For you, Jimmy, what do you think of the new evolution of media? I mean, it's gone from, you know, film to television to to social media. And with social media, everyone is so in your face and in your space um, that obviously you have people being upset that you're not texting or tweeting them back. I think it's... um... I, I, I guess because I, I've seen like all the the evolution of it since I'm like older. Um, so I've seen the evolution and I think I liked it a little bit better when it wasn't quite so, you know, creators becoming, I mean, I think it's great, you know, cause some of the creators, I mean, even like on TikTok, I watch some people and I'm like, Oh my God, that, like I love, you know, watching the different videos and stuff, but like everybody, usually though, a lot of the things that I watch, the people are like way in your face. You know, and I think it's like funny, but I probably wouldn't think it was funny if they were like in my face all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, you know, I, I, I think that I think that I, in a way I kind of liked it when people were a little bit more like on a pedestal, I think. And you had the people that you looked up to and admired, you know, and if you got an opportunity to meet them, it was really cool or you got to work with them. It was really cool. Um, but I don't know that I like it quite so much where everybody like knows every single thing that's going on. I think it's, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's creating a, by removing that boundary, people find you more accessible. We were talking about that actually at the top of the show. Uh, Gabby Hanna, who's an online creator, has um, some psychological issues and a fan showed up at her house, lied to her, talked their way in, and then started recording her and trying to drug her tea. Yeah, see, that's terrible. It's it's not good. What is the strangest encounter you've ever had with a fan? You You don't have to tell if you don't want. I don't have that many because, like, I don't have, first of all, I have to say I'm very fortunate that I don't have a lot of crazy fans. All my fans have been, you know, really, I don't even really call them friends. They're like friends because, like, I, I only have met a ton of, of I've probably met, like, 100,000 of the people that follow me in social media literally over the years. Um, and so I think that it's very, you know, they're all really, really cool. I, I used to, you know, be a celebrity clothing designer and mm-hmm. I had a big showroom in, in, in uh, what's that, was that in Fort Lauderdale, in Pompano Beach, Florida. And, and I had one crazy fan that would like hide in the bushes, taking pictures of me, like going in and out of the building. And then she would like, like jump, you know, and, and like try and get in and stuff. You know, we had a, we had a lock on the door, you know, you had to be somebody to get in or you had to make an appointment. And so I really hated that. I actually got a restraining order, you know, cause like, I don't want people like sitting outside the bushes of my house or outside the bushes of where I'm working. Cause I think that's like crazy. Um, so that's probably the worst that I've had because most of everybody, most of the people have been cool, but you know, it only takes one crazy person to really, you know, you can really get hurt. That's very, very true. And if you've got Karen jumping out the bushes to snap pictures of you every day and trying to get into your place, that's not a great environment for you, your clients, your staff. That's a little terrifying. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not good. And, and unfortunately, you know, you can't teach people manners and, and how to be like respectful. Cause like I, I talk to everybody, you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm snobby at all. So I, I basically like to, I, I enjoy speaking with everybody. When I go to an event, you know, I talk to everybody and 
when we go to red carpets and all the people are taking pictures and the people want to meet you and stuff, I, I go meet everybody, you know, as many as I can meet. And so I think that it's, it's, you know, great that everybody should be able to get along and everybody should be respectful. And, and, and I think that there are no boundaries anymore though. Like I think, you know, it used to be if you saw a celebrity eating dinner or something, you wouldn't like walk up to the table. Now I think just people walk up to everybody all the time. I, I think they do. I agree with you there. I think I completely agree. Social media has given us a way of bringing unique talent and art that we wouldn't have seen, films that we wouldn't have seen, to the forefront and yes. letting people decide on their content. It's far more individualized than it used to be. Eventually, it's going to be content just made for each individual person. The flip side of that is it's done exactly that, where it's brought it right into your face 24-7, everyone into your life, everyone into your breathing space. I mean... I think one way to think about this too is it's become, it's a new shock. A lot of people who are not used to being able to see their favorite person in such a real way consistently, it can be a huge, huge like boom to their, to their mentality and the thinking process. Imagine uh, Marilyn Monroe, as popular as she was, all of a sudden found a way to start doing live stream Q and A's to your television room tours on 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 special e evenings at 6 p.m on your favorite network you know that it's it's kim kardashian but that's my it's point the girl of the moment doing that and look how insane her life was with her following at the time now you add in that ability to see her just casually or what we would believe is casual the the question is and it's something ella fitzgerald had said was do you think marilyn had she not died so young would have had the cultural impact she did what about you, Jimmy? Uh, I think probably. I still think, yeah, I think she still would have been. I mean, she was a mess, but. I agree. That, um, I also think like, you know, when, I think something that changes the whole thing is that all these creators and influencers and stuff, you know, like a lot of them are making a lot of money. Yep. You know, money is a driving force for everybody. And so even though they're in their face, you know, if they get in somebody's like face and, and do something and, and a million people watch it and and comment and like it and everything, you know, that gives them the kind of like thing saying, okay, this is what works. I got to get more in somebody's face, you know, and then they, they get sponsors and they get, you know, endorsements and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, some of these influencers are making way more money than movie stars. That's yeah. very true. I mean, from my own side of that, I, I don't really make the money. It all goes to my nonprofit anyways, because, you know, rent and stuff exists. But on live streams alone, I've made several thousands of dollars that mm -hmm. if I wasn't running for a business or using for a business, I would just all be in pocket. I, I could I could go yeah, pull you up give a, all of yours to children. I could, You're I kind of annoying. Up, like, oh, I'm hungry. Let me do a live stream, make the $40 and go get something to eat. You know, it just it's just that fast. The flip side of that, though, is by by it being this fast, I don't think there's a lot of money savvy when you look at these people. Oh, yeah. When you, that when you don't that there is understand a... how to control it to make sure that it lasts a long time or reinvest it to make continuous income, you just fall into a habit of living day by day. Just uh, if you stream or stream by stream, if you're a content creator, video by video. Well, look at Onision. You know, there, there seems to be a trend, and I'm seeing it in, the, in uh, YouTube now. It used to be in Hollywood, mm -hmm. of you get rich, you get famous, then you sleep with underage women. I'm not sure about I, why. I I'm not sure where that line <laughs> is, but Onision underlined it. Yeah, why, that, that, no, that, that constantly <laughs> happens. Why, do you, why does everyone go, hey, I got some money. Now I'm going to have sex with kids. I, I don't understand that one at all, actually. It's but been happening I, since Charlie Chaplin. 
yeah, I mean, I think it's terrible. I think the whole thing is terrible, and I think that the sexual sexualization of of women and kids and men, everybody has gotten to a point where it's it's always probably been terrible, but now it's like terrible and it's acceptable. Which yeah, I, you know, like I've I, I've gotten flagged on Facebook for funny posts that I post all the time, and I don't post anything political, but they're just funny, and and I've gotten no, and then I've seen posts about pedophilia and all kinds of stuff on Facebook and I report them and they tell me that doesn't go against their standards. So I put like some kind of a joke thing about somebody and it goes against Facebook standards. But if you post stuff about pedophilia, it does not go against Facebook standards and it doesn't get deleted. I think the moral of the story is uh, if you want to make a joke without being accused of bullying, you just have to take your pants off while you're doing it. Right. (laughs) That's all you have to do. If you are butt naked while doing it, then somehow it's offensive for them to take it down. That's that's all I've come up yeah, with. Yeah, you so can't objectify my body. Exactly. You cancel me objectifies my body. <laughs> that's so that's the trick. What you do is unhook your pants. Don't have to pull them off, just unhook your pants. That way if someone reports you for bullying, you can say they're bullying me and body shaming. Yeah, which is it just shouldn't be that way, you know, and people sh- I mean, I, I realize that people it just shouldn't be like okay. I guess the, the, that's my whole thing is it's just you know, I don't even have children, um, and and in a lot of ways, I'm very happy that I don't, because I think bringing children into the world today is, you know, difficult, uh, significantly more so than when I was a child. And I think that, you know, the things that people are now thinking is okay. When I was growing up, like all the people, everybody would be in jail, like they would never, it would, or they'd just get beat beat up. Yeah. Um. So I think it's just something that's terrible and. Uh, needs to to go away, and I'm hoping you know that it is going to go away, and people are going to come to their senses, and and it's just not you know some of these things are just not going to be considered like okay anymore. I think there's a point that there there is some for people that are willing to take the backlash. I mean, you don't see Matt Stone and Trey Parker going, "Well, gee, is this politically correct?" They're built on not being politically correct. Correct, and that was funny. Their stuff is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. They, I love them. Um, but we also have the flip side of that where we have people like Tess Holiday, who everyone here knows I have a problem with, who's a plus size model saying she's anorexic. Bothers me because I was for good God, most of my modeling career. Um, and most of the women I knew were, and she's 450 pounds going, I'm anorexic. Like, bitch, you are not anorexic. Well, that's just crazy. crazy. I mean, first of all, that's like not healthy by any standards so i just went to the doctor a couple of days ago and my body mass index is 28 percent, and they basically told me i'm obese and i'm like you know 20 pounds on overweight maybe 15 or 20 pounds overweight so at 400 pounds like i don't even know what you call that but that's not healthy because they're telling me i'm not healthy being 20 pounds overweight <laughs> amazing like oh, but, hang on J- jimmy you're working off science and years of nutritional documentation and, and uh experimentation and effort you're not discussing feelings that's it you have to remember society has now dictated and i when i say this i'd like to tell you all i'm left of lenin and i think this has gotten crazy in america like you all have decided that my feelings or my truth is truth and it's not. I don't get that. Like, how have we ended up in a place where my truth is as valid as the truth? I well, don't get not. that. 
<laughs> there's only one truth like there's only like you can have your truth but it doesn't mean it's true and anybody who's 400 pounds who thinks that they're healthy i don't care like i don't think you could find a doctor in the world unless they're getting paid off uh that's going to say that that's like healthy you know there's all kinds of sicknesses and diseases heart disease diabetes all, all kinds of things that come across you know that can happen when you're like that but and, you can't judge them they might that but that's the argument they're like it's health at any size and apparently genetically they think they're supposed to be that way it's genetics not the cheeseburgers they ate yeah well that's nobody's genetically 400 pounds no um and it's just, just not healthy and anybody, I mean, I, I realize they're trying to push all kinds of things nowadays. Um, but, you know, and in my day, you know, uh, in defense, you know, cause I'm old, you know, cause like we recently went to a mall and we saw, I had never seen a plus size mannequin before. Um, and now like a lot of the stores that sell like skimpy little clothes, now they're putting skimpy little clothes on plus size mannequins. And I, I was just kind of like shocked because I don't know, because it feels like they're almost promoting the fact that it's like okay to be 400 pounds. You know, some of the most popular reality shows are like there's those two sisters that each weigh like a thousand pounds or something. I mean, those are like, oh, yeah, like not healthy, like they can't even breathe. <laughs> uh, you know, they have to wear like they have to wear like stuff to help them breathe and stuff like it's not healthy. It's not good. And I don't and I, I don't think I would ever actually be able to promote the fact that it is like you can believe whatever you want but you're probably gonna like you know be dead soon when you can't even like walk from your front door to your car because you're so heavy you know, there's you know, that actually has happened most of the original leaders from the body so i'm not going to say the um body the the body acceptance movement because originally the body acceptance movement was like love your body in a wheelchair love your body missing a limb then it was hijacked by people who are overweight well those original hijackers of uh body of fat acceptance and the fat acceptance movement all died they're all already gone they're in their 40s and five and six hundred pounds so obviously they died they've all, so that's what's happened to the original group from the fat acceptance movement and that's not talked about in the in the in the fat acceptance community in fact there's a movement where people are saying if i die from health conditions related to obesity throw me in front of a truck so they even want to fuck up the data and the reality of it so clearly there's some some semblance of reality if they know they can die from you know eating themselves to death I think it's terrible. I don't know. I just think the world is going crazy and everybody wants to be accepted for everything. And, and I'm okay with it. If you want to be, you know, if you want to be over, super obese and eat yourself to death and everything, and that's your choice, that's your choice. You get to do it. But I don't think that you should be trying to like convince everybody else that you're healthy because of it. What um, happens when a kid listens and believes you? Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a big problem, you know, nowadays because, I go out and sometimes I, I see so many kids that are so heavy. I mean, I feel like they weigh as much as I do and they look like they're 10 years old. And I know that that's, you know, not healthy. And, you know, and you guys, cause like bear, I mean, you're an athlete, you know, you take, take a lot of like care and you're like working out all the time. And I mean, like, I don't know if there's a lot of, I don't know if there's a lot of obese MMA fighters cause I don't watch MMA, but I don't think so. Not really. There, You got the, you got the few, who are like, okay, 275 pounds in any other circumstance is definitely obese. Um, but they're using that weight in a manner of which that they can fight and win successfully. Now, outside the octagon, I would consider that to be unhealthy, but they make it work. And these dudes can run 
15 miles at a time. They can go 25 minute rounds straight in a fight. They train heavily, power lift every day of their life. So sure, you've got excess body fat, but you know, what? what is it? Uh, Bjorn, the mountain from Game of Thrones, he's 400 pounds. Dude's not morbidly obese. He's just 400 pounds because he's a freaking monster. You know, he's the mountain. There's there's a small section where it's like, okay, yes, your body type does apply in a minute way. If you are clearly jacked and you got a six pack and you're huge, but you're like six foot seven, you know, there, right. there's the big certain dude. right. You're just a big guy. But if you're five foot two, 400 pounds, you're just fat. You're just fat and going to die at some point. I think what people need to take into account here too, and I'm going to say this, is uh, when I got pregnant, I looked like I ate myself. All I wanted to do was eat and sleep because I had a complicated pregnancy, spent the whole time in bed. I put on like 715 pounds and now I'm having to lose it and it fucking sucks. So, you know, maybe like don't get there so you don't have to lose it or die. Um but the the plus size community are now calling themselves the new gay. That's the term they're using. And they're saying that like the LGBTQ plus community, they are being marginalized by society because, you know, um, apparently they're being treated the way gay people were in the 40s and 50s. Wow. So I have <laughs> heard that and I think it could. And, it, and I, it doesn't wouldn't surprise me that it couldn't be true because I know, like, you know, if you're. I don't know if it still goes into play, but like my father used to work for the air, worked for the airlines, you know, his whole life. And like, you know, if you were, if you were too big, you know, you had to buy more than one seat. Uh, and they did that with gay people in the fifties. You had to buy more than one seat to be gay and fly. That's exactly the same. <laughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that, you know, that could actually be happening. I'm not sure because I don't, you know, I don't really like, I don't really follow like all the little groups of people, I guess. Maybe that's, um, I just like see people as like cool people and not cool people. And I basically, that's the only way I segregate. So I don't segregate by size, race, color, sex, nationality, anything. I don't care. Like if you're cool, I'm cool. If you're not cool, I I just leave you alone because I'll avoid you. Um, um, so I don't know that I watch all the like little, you know, groups of, of who's being you know talked about or who's not good, but but in general, I think that that the world has just gone so crazy and everybody gets, you know, so upset and hurt. Everybody's feelings get hurt so easily. And it wasn't like that for me when I was growing up. You know, you could tell somebody to go F off, you know, and then two minutes later, you're like playing baseball. You know, it's just yep. I come from a different world. I don't come from the world that we're in now. And I live in the world we're in now. And I'm not a, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't ignore it. But some of it's just so crazy that I I. I choose not to participate. I get it. I come from Australia. Politically correct, we don't have. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing. That's um, why you're popular, though, I think. <laughs> I really think that's why our show is popular, because we're not politically correct. Yep. You know, the, we just talk about whatever, and if you mm -hmm. like it, you like it. And if you don't, you go tune in and listen to somebody else. Pretty much. Or, or you or you gather a couple of your friends on uh, Facebook and start a petition to get the show canceled. That does yeah. happen. That happens in America, not Australia. Man. In Australia, I think it's. I think the best way I've heard it well put is, we just can't be bothered. If you annoy us, I'm not going to stand there and argue with you. Fuck you. I'm not wasting my time. I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Yeah. I do want to give a quick shout out to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon in Palm Springs, California, and to KM Extends ex Hair Extensions. They do my hair extensions and wigs for red carpets and tiny bubbles. Thank you guys for making me always look red carpet ready, especially because I have to be in Vegas 
today with the PFL when you're hearing this, but this is Monday. So I'll see you Friday in Vegas. And Coachella Fresh for making sure that I look awesome whenever I'm on the red carpet or as you'll find them on social media, fresh.coachella. Now I am going to say one of the things I find most interesting is everyone keeps trying to tag onto the LGBTQ plus community. Like the 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 uh, pedophiles, Nambla has filed a petition because they want it to be LGBTQ because apparently pedophilia is the same as two consenting adults having sex. That's crazy. Of course. This shit is so crazy. I can't even freaking fathom it. It really is. And it's not okay. And I saw there's a really big, big author. I forgot who it was. It was like John Grissom or somebody like made a statement that there's nothing wrong with pedophilia. And like, I think that what? it's uh, it was some huge author. I, I'm not positive it's John Grissom, but I thought it was John Grissom. And it was, this was like a year ago. And I, and that's why I was like going crazy. Cause like people were like, you know, all these things that people think are okay. They're not okay. And, I, you know, I'm a member. I'm I'm not a good one to talk about the whole gay thing because I'm gay, and I think gay people are like getting nuts. And I don't, I don't, I'm not really okay with like drag queens reading stories and holding microphones between their legs and having kids talk on them. And I'm not really like good with the whole like drag queens, you know, reading in schools and all that stuff, and and all the people choosing their genders when they're four, and and all that stuff. So I'm like not the right like you know person. Oh. I don't think that you should be changing your gender. You know, deciding that you will think you're a girl when you're like three or four years old, when you can't drink or vote or anything else until you're much older. So for me, I'm I'm definitely like old fashioned. I'm not okay with any of it. Doesn't sound old fashioned. If I if I was three and asked what I wanted to be, my gender would be Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. So like that doesn't sound old fashioned. (laughs) But I'm not okay with like teaching sexuality to kids at really young ages in school and and no sexuality. Why would you like? What you're explaining is common sense. Children should not have sex explained to them at an inappropriately young age. Don't let a yes. child who's who who wants to choose their gender. Uh, I mean, again, I would have been Tyrannosaurus Rex. That that doesn't sound absurd. That sounds like a you know common sense. To me, it's common sense, but it's not. I mean, I, it's not. I don't believe in in our community. You know, because a lot of people get super like offended that people don't want drag queens teaching their children, and they don't want to talk about sex in school and everybody seems to get all up in arms about it but you know i'm just you know it's not it's not something that needs to be be taught in school and the whole thing to me is like jacked up and and maybe older in school like i had sex ed i think what i was 12 or 14 or something you know but not when you're like in kindergarten and pre-kindergarten and stuff like that i'm just not okay with it i don't Uh, think that's about gender that's about protecting the innocence of childhood that's got shit to do with gender that's that's... When I was four years old, I wanted to be freaking Superman or Batman or something. I couldn't give a shit about any of the rest of the stuff. Pretty much, like that's that's just trying to protect children. Got nothing to do with 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 gender. <laughs> that just has to do with hey, I kind of don't want to fuck up kids. Let them be children. Let them not worry about anything because they're fucking children. Well, and that's the way I should think it should be, right? And you know, and it doesn't seem to be going in that direction right now. But you know, it's all going to backfire. I, I'm telling you that it, it, I don't think it can go on. And wait till some of the people who, who have children, who actually have you know children, uh, go to school and the kids come back saying, you know, oh, I want to chop my penis off and be a girl today, you know, and then the parents are going to start being like, holy shit, and where did you even learn about something like that? And I think when people really pay attention to what's going on and what their children are being taught. I think they're going to be like offended by it. I hope they're going to be offended by it. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's offensive. Yeah. 
I it's I would be offended. I again, I don't care what like it, it's it's I don't care what you're teaching children. There should be no there, there's no reason to teach kids about sex. Right. Like all I, they need to know is if someone touches you here, this is a no-no zone, tell daddy and daddy will shoot them. That's right. Beyond that, like beyond that, why the fuck would you be talking to children about sex? Again, they're at an age they want to be dinosaurs. Let them be dinosaurs. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, oh. I think it's it's jacked up. All I got to say is that if my kid comes home and he's asking me for a condom to practice putting on a banana and he's like five, six years old, kicking down someone's fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the way it should be. You know, like, I, I don't think everything, I mean, I, I'm fine with progress and, and everybody moving forward and the world moves forward. And, and I get, you know, that I'm old and so, like, I like things the way they used to be. But I'm all for progress. But let's make the progress be something that, like, is is okay Good. and not crazy. Yeah, this is like having, if, again, I'm going to go back to South Park. Mr. Garrison teach sex ed to kindergartners. He taught them how to put a condom on with his mouth on a banana. He's yeah. not, he's he's a weirdo. <laughs> like, don't but have. But South Park is an adult cartoon. It's not a kid's cartoon. So exactly. it was okay. We're making fun of it. But, it, but exactly. who would ever think that that would actually come to reality? That's the problem. It's it's bizarre. I think all, all I'm taking from this is that South Park can predict the future. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm getting. The uh, South Park does. But I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is when you have groups like uh, pedophiles and fat acceptance. No, I'm not putting them in the same category. I think one's sick and the other's dumb. But right. um, they keep trying to tag onto real marginalized groups. Because when you look into the LGBTQ community, you're, you're dealing with people that were legally and socially harassed, repressed, and tortured for an extended period of time. So yeah. they, you have people trying to tag onto this to make themselves part of this protected community because they're like, then we can then we can rape children and it'll be socially unacceptable to tell us it is not okay to have sex with children. Right. Uh, it's terrible. It's fucking ridiculous. So, Jimmy, where can everyone find you? We've talked right through the show and I didn't get any questions. Uh, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. You can find us Wednesdays from 12 to 2 p.m. You can find everything on jimmystarsworld.com and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Jimmy Star and follow me on TikTok. I'm Jimmy Star is the shit. I like Hell that. Yeah. The great name for that a is, TikTok Yeah, that platform. is perfect. That is the best name for a platform. Um, guys, check out his show. He's fabulous absolutely funny of, it's funny as fuck guys thank you very very much for joining us make sure you're following us on social media at tune in bts and if you tweeted me and you asked me to ask your question i didn't because this was filmed on monday and the show's airing on friday so i'm sorry we'll see you guys next week good night Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.